It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. We get some nice Saturday afternoon hockey here in the Bay Area as the Sharks take on the Panthers today at 3. Bit of a change from the norm, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Let us go no further on this edition of The Build-Up before we look at the standings in the National Hockey League and your San Jose Sharks currently occupying the fifth spot in the West, 46 points, tied in points with fourth place Calgary, four points back of third place LA, six points back of second place Anaheim, and seven points back of first place Vegas. So the Sharks uh, in the midst of a very crowded Pacific Division right now. If we look at the wild card standings, you will see the Sharks are very much in a very crowded situation when we look at the conference. The Sharks are tied in points with fourth in the wild card with a third and second place team and four points back of Minnesota. So obviously some tiebreakers going into effect there with how these are being figured out. But overall for the San Jose Sharks, I do not hate the position they are in, especially when they are coming off of a very nice win against the Capitals the other night. And I think that that really has to be the type of hockey that the Sharks play again. And I think it all is predicated on the start, right? Like we've seen so many times this year, the Sharks have not been out to get out, able to get out the gates in a hurry. They've been slow. They've been sluggish. It's taken them a while to find their legs. I, I much prefer the Sharks team that jumps out in front and has to deal with the pushback late in the first than the team that has to be chasing a game after 90 seconds, right? I mean, I think that's just, it's a it's an obvious takeaway, but it's what I've seen from the San Jose Sharks. Like, they... They do not do well when they don't get the lead first. And I, again, I know this is not an obvious take, but I just think they are such a better team when they are able to impose their will early on. And I think that if we can see that again against a team that is phenomenal right now, I mean, this is, you know, the best team in the NHL right now in terms of points. And, you know, that may not be the greatest indication of who is the best team overall, although Colorado's certainly been surging as of late with nine straight wins. But, you know, this is a Panthers team that has done it over the course of the year. Colorado's catching up. The Panthers have been the best team, it seems to me, since day number one of the season, even though, yeah, Tampa is Tampa. I mean, it's all regular season right now. But the, the, the fact is, this is a good team. I mean, there's no other way to talk about this other than that Florida presents a very, very specific and difficult challenge. And the Sharks have got to be up for it because they also have the second night of a back-to-back -back against Carolina uh, tomorrow afternoon. That one starts even earlier at 2. So 23 hours after this one gets underway, the Sharks are going to be taking on the Hurricanes. And it's not going to be easy over the next 24 hours in any way, shape, or form for the San Jose Sharks. So I think the importance of getting a good start against Florida today cannot be overstated. I also think that the Sharks have to play a very, very conservative game. I think they have to slow things down. I think they have to control the puck. I think they have to not make any mistakes. I think in a game like Wednesdays against the Caps, when you were on the road and you had some rest behind you, you were able to play a different style of game also with some rest in front of you. 
Tonight, I think you've got to just eliminate all the mistakes that you might otherwise make to keep yourself from having the type of a game where you simply are not going to be out in front or simply letting it get away from you. I mean, this is a a game that you've got to be in control of yourself. And listen, Florida is more than talented enough to where it might not matter what you do. They might still, you know, just kind of throw you around. That, That happens. I mean, listen, we saw Tampa do it to the Sharks the other night, and the Sharks were able to bounce back with a nice win against Washington. You know, Florida right now, very good team. They are going to have Jumbo out there tonight, so that'll be a fun storyline for the Sharks or Jumbo to play the Sharks for the first time since he moved on. And obviously, you know, things have been weird since Jumbo left the franchise with the whole pandemic that's interrupted things. But, you know, I I think it'll be good to see Jumbo out there on the ice. I think it'll be very, very weird. I mean, I, I still go back to when I think of, you know, my ultimate Shark. It always goes back to Patty Marlowe because, as I've told this story before, you know, I was 15 in high school and he was starting off with the Sharks and only a couple years older than me. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Just the fact that somebody that I could be going to high school with was playing for the Sharks. That, that just blew me away at the time. And then, you know, he was very, very good right off the bat. So to watch, you know, another guy like Patty Marlowe, who, you know, if there's a number two in San Jose Sharks history, and this is an argument that we can have for, for hours, I'm sure at some point, but I mean, Jumbo is, is, is my number two. And that doesn't mean that he's significantly farther behind than Patrick Marlowe, but I still look at Jumbo and I see this as a, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird to watch him skate against the Sharks. And you know that everybody in that dressing room still loves him. You know that all the guys, you know, have so much respect for him. I mean, everybody in the league respects Joe Thornton. Everybody looks at Jumbo and sees a living legend, walking history, one of the greatest players of all time without question. And that doesn't mean that you take it easy on him. You have to go out there and you have to work that much harder and he will make you work for it. So this is going to be a very, very difficult game for the Sharks on an emotional level, on a gameplay level, on a physical level, because they are going to be, you know, playing again right after the fact, 23 hours later, the puck drops again. So an interesting game with some interesting storylines. And one is that Bob Bugner was a coach here and he's going up against some former teammates. Yeah. Um, Aaron Drew and I Played, I think, twice together in Nashville and in uh, in Colorado. If I, yeah, that's right, both teams. So uh, a little bit of history there. Um, you know, Derek McKenzie, who's on their bench, is obviously my old captain uh, um, when I took the team over here in Florida. Um, so yeah, there's some connections there. I'm, you know, I think uh, it's nice to see you know Andrew doing doing well. I think that you know he got put in a tough situation, took over a pretty good hockey club, and. Uh, you know, and they really haven't missed a beat. He's done a done a heck of a job considering all the stuff that uh, you know they've gone through. Another storyline is that Jacob Magda. It's he's got family here. It's a bit of a homecoming for him. Yeah, it's always uh, always good to come home for a little bit. It's nice to get a couple days uh, see my family. I had a home cooked meal, so it's been good. But of course, those pale in comparison to what we talk about when we think about Jumbo being back on the ice against the Sharks, which is going to be very weird because of the you know, lasting and enduring impression he had for the San Jose Sharks and for everything that he means to the franchise, even still. Yeah, it's it's funny. He hasn't, uh, obviously, I think it's been two years since he's been in that locker room, but I heard I heard him right away, and you could tell how excited the guys were uh, to have him around yesterday after practice or before practice there. So you can definitely feel his energy and, you know, the amount of stories that guys still tell about him. And when he was here, you can you can tell how much he was uh, – loved as a teammate and, and what a character he is. So I'm sure uh, it's exciting. And and for me, you know what, I never got to play with him, but he was one of my favorite players growing up. And I always thought it was so cool when I got to play against him when I was in Anaheim. And 
Um, it, it's always cool when you get to play against a guy you've watched your your whole life, and, um, and to be able to play against him again is pretty special. I mean, that's what's wild for me is, you know, and I go back to a couple of years ago when I talked to Mario Ferraro about this and he was saying that he wasn't even alive when Jumbo and, and Patty started playing in the league. And it just, it blows you away. It absolutely blows you away because you just, you think about what these guys have seen. You think about what they've played through. You think about what they have, you know, been through over the course of their career. And um, it's phenomenal. You know, it really, really is phenomenal to see Jumbo still out there having fun out on the ice and hearing how excited everyone is to to go out there and play him. But I will say that um, one Mark Edward Vlasic was trying to keep it cool. Uh, well, throughout uh, throughout your career, you guys come and go. Jordan, uh, Joe Thornton has been uh, a big part of the locker room for many years, but at some point he has to... He's going to leave and we, we got other guys that will uh, step up in the locker room. Yeah, so he was not trying to uh, give any more emotional gravity to it than otherwise would have been there. But it'll be interesting, I, again, because of what Jumbo means to the franchise, of what he means to so many guys that are still going to be out there on the ice for the San Jose Sharks. I know this is not the same Sharks team that was here when Jumbo was last here, but you know he had that impact on a Couture. He had that impact on a Hurdle. Had that impact on a Meyer. You go down the list. You know Brent Burns is another one. And these guys, I'm sure, are all still very, very good friends. And to watch them together, uh, it'll, it'll be very interesting to watch them play against each other because we haven't we haven't seen it happen. And uh, it'll be a weird range of emotions to watch it. And I'll just hope that when all is said and done, the Sharks walk away with a win and that Jumbo walks away without any injuries or anything of that nature. So that is kind of my overall viewpoint. And now, task at hand, taking on this very, very talented Florida team. Uh, this is what Bob Bugner said the team would have to do. Well, I think, you know, we we talk about how tough this road trip is, but we can't look past this game tonight and, and knowing we have a back-to-back tomorrow, it's uh, – you know, a game that uh, uh, we got to be engaged in. Um, this is a team that's four lines deep and uh, um, can score goals. And, um, you know, we always talk about our detail, but uh, I thought the one thing that we did in, uh, you know, in Washington the other night is I thought we were, um, we were heavy. I thought we won a lot of 50-50 battles um, and, and that's what it's going to take tonight. You can't give these guys free ice in the neutral zone to, to wind it up. I think we got to be tight and uh, and play um, you know, almost a, a boring style of uh, put pucks behind them and work off a four-check kind of mentality. Yeah, I, I don't have any objections to watching a boring style of game tonight if it helps the Sharks win. I think that you have to slow things down. I think you have to keep it in their end. I think you can't let them get any momentum. If you do that over the course of the game, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. You might not be able to dominate this game. You might not be able to win it convincingly. But if you give yourself a chance to get a point when all is said and done, I'm going to be pretty happy with that. And if you get two points out of this one, even better. But this is a very, very tough challenge for the Sharks. And I don't... You know, I, I looked at this road trip and I said to myself, you know, it was not out of the realm of possibility to walk away with four losses. And by going in on Wednesday night and getting a very high quality win against Washington, they gave themselves one win. So now, you know, the, the challenge has to be immediately getting that second win. Can they walk away with a 500 trip, which again, I would look at as an accomplishment, maybe not a great accomplishment or maybe not even a good accomplishment, but an accomplishment because you just want to keep yourself in the mix as you head into the all-star break, as you head into the quote-unquote Olympic break, whatever we're dubbing this entire period right now, to stay in the playoff hunt. And even though that is not the only way we are going to judge this season, you, as the Sharks, want to judge it in that capacity. And coming out in a couple days, I did an interview with Noah Gregor and Mario Ferraro where uh, the two of them talk about the team mentality. And I, you know, I, I fully believe that they do not 
listened to anything that people said about the Sharks being, you know, one of the teams that was expected to be towards the bottom of the division. They view themselves, and I don't think it's just athletes speak. I think they do do truly believe that they can go out there and beat anyone on any given night and that there's no reason why they can't go out there and do it again tonight, just as they were able to do it against um, Washington, just as they were able to do it against Carolina. You talk about any number of teams they've been able to beat this year, which has been relatively unexpected. I think you can go back and look at, okay, they've lost to the Kraken, but they've also defeated very good teams. I think that's part of the Sharks right now is not really figuring out what they are going to do next, who they are going to be in any given game, other than the fact that we know what style of hockey they want to play. It's just a matter of whether or not they are going to be able to play that way. Here's more from Megna on going up against Washington and how they can translate that tonight against Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we did a really good job uh, taking away time and space um, from the forwards in Washington and just trying to be as physical as we could be and just kind of let them know early that it was going to be a tough night uh, around our net. Um, we weren't gonna we weren't gonna give up much in our own zone, so I think we just need to take the same mentality uh, coming into the night. Obviously, they're an incredibly skilled uh, front, uh, a group up front there, and you know we're gonna have to be on our toes and ready for the challenge. Yeah, I think be on their toes is an understatement. I mean, this is as big a challenge as the Sharks have faced all year. Even though Tampa, I think. Um, you know, they're the more battle-tested team. I think that Florida at any given moment can do just the exact same thing to you. And the Sharks, again, it's all predicated on the start for me. What can they do out of the gate? What can they do early on to establish what type of game it will be that will allow themselves to have a better chance at winning? And I think that, you know, that means you have to slow things down. And ultimately, to me, as much as Bob Bugner talked about, um, you know, not letting them come in with momentum through the neutral zone and really, you know, keep chipping it back into their zone, be strong on the forecheck. I understand all of that. But to me, it's just not shooting yourself in the foot. And too many times this year, we, we have seen the Sharks shoot themselves in the foot in one form of another, where, whether it's going to be, you know, turnovers at the blue line, giving up a soft goal or whatever it is. You can't do that. And obviously, because this team, you know, is such a difficult team to play against, there's also the risk of getting in the box too often. And that means you have to stay out of the box. You can't get, you know, ticky-tack things that are, are going to throw you in the box unless it's ultimately necessary in the moment. And, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a quote-unquote fight or something that fires up the team. You just need to play a clean game. And I think the Sharks, if they play a clean game, it still might not be good enough. I, 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 I don't know how this is going to play when it's all said and done. But I do think if they play a solid game and they play a relatively mistake-free game and something closer to clean, I think they give themselves a chance. And that's really what you want in a game like this is just give yourself an opportunity, like I said earlier, to be able to steal a point or be able to steal steal two points. I'm not trying to be picky here. I'm just saying that you got to do the little things well. You got to take care of the little bits of business, be detail-oriented, as Bob Bugner likes to say, and give yourself that opportunity. And that... I know that sounds obvious, give yourself an opportunity, but you know it comes down to these mistakes. It comes down to the early goals. It comes down to the legs not being there until later in the first period. You know, Those are the games where the Sharks did not give themselves a chance. We saw them get jumped by Boston. We saw them get jumped by Pittsburgh. We saw them get jumped by Tampa. And yes, these are good teams. I'm not trying to deny that in the slightest, but we also don't like how those results ended up. And we even go against that one game in Pittsburgh you get yourself back into it. You go from being down 6-1 and making it a 6-5 game. If you have any more juice out of the gate, if you have any more life, vigor, energy, whatever it is, maybe you don't fall down 6-1. Maybe it's just 4-1 and you do fight your way back into it a little bit better and maybe you take a 5-4 lead. I, I, I don't know. I can't play the game of what if, 
but I can say that you will give yourself a better chance to win if you don't get jumped. And that's, I think, what, what I'm most worried about in this game here is that Florida has the ability to go up early and often, and that's something the Sharks want to avoid for obvious reasons, but more in the sense that you want to be able to try and build some momentum from one game to the next. And even if it comes in a losing effort, if you felt like you played a decent game, then you can feel like you're doing the right thing and take that into the next game against Carolina, who you've already beaten this year. But if you get jumped, if you get demolished and steamrolled right out of the gate, you know that's going to be demoralizing a and B have the potential for a hangover effect. Now the sharks were able to dust off the Tampa loss, but they also had a couple of days. They also had a little rest. It wasn't in the midst of two games back to back. You don't want things to snowball, especially before you go and take on, Oh, that's right. Tampa again. That's it's not just that this is a great challenge in terms of a road chip, but just the way that the hits keep on coming and the scheduling. It's a game against Washington, a couple of days off Florida, Carolina, a day off, Tampa, again, after they just just demolished you the other day. There's a lot of ways for this trip to go wrong. There are not many ways for it to go right, and that's just a very honest assessment. The Sharks are not consistently of the caliber that they're taking on in these four games. However, as we have seen, they can play with anybody on any given night. The problem has been having that carryover from one game to the next, from one segment of the season to the next. They've just been... Hit or miss, win a couple, lose a couple, win one, lose one, win three, lose two, win one, then lose two more. I mean, it's just, it's not like you can count on the Sharks to be one thing from one game to the next, let alone one period to the next. And I think actually they they did a good job of that against Washington the other night, but that's predicated upon taking an early lead and being the more aggressive team and making Washington push back towards the end of the first period. I would much rather force a pushback and try and absorb that than just be not ready when the game is on. And I would hope that the Sharks have learned that this year, at least the game against Boston and Pittsburgh and Tampa, that they have to be ready once again. I mean, if we look at the wins they've had of late, didn't take them very long with Timo Meyer and Rudolph's Balsers against the Kings the other day. It didn't take them long against Washington. Conversely, if you look at those games against Pittsburgh, against Tampa, it didn't take the opposition very long either. And for the Sharks, it's just a matter of playing that clean game, that decisive game, that mistake-free game to give yourself opportunity. All you want, all you necessarily need is a good start. And I think if the Sharks can do that, they have enough talent to build on that momentum and maybe keep themselves in the game and fight for a chance at one point and maybe even two. It's going to take some breaks. It's going to take some high-quality performances. It can most definitely be done It's just nothing is easy about this game for the San Jose Sharks, just as nothing is easy really about any game for the San Jose Sharks this year. They do not have the experienced talent that other teams have. They do have high caliber talent, but not to the same depth that other teams have. And that's why you're waiting for more guys to develop and turn into better players. It's Noah Gregor. You know, you would hope that there is now going to be a return to form from what he's capable of after getting denied so many times because he found the back of the net in the last game, especially with an early goal. We see his speed. We see his playmaking ability. you got to finish. Jonathan Dolan many, many times has been in the right place at the right time but has not been able to finish. Again, you better be able to finish if you're going to want to hang around in the NHL and if you're going to want to help your team win. We know what the Sharks have on their team. We know what they're capable of. We also know how consistent they are in terms of being able to not meet their expectations and not do what they need to do in any given game to give themselves a chance to win or get a point. And I know some of you probably don't like that talk that I'm using of getting a point, but get something. 
Something is better than nothing in these situations. And yes, we all want wins, but these points on the table will matter for the Sharks, especially as the teams that have games in hand on them are going to be pushing and getting themselves back into the form that they expected themselves to be or maybe not at as we get deeper and deeper into the season. That wraps it up for this edition of the Buildup. I'll be talking to you all tomorrow morning as the Sharks take on Carolina. And we look back at today's game against the Panthers on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.